Hey, this is Alex Kohler and you are listening to another episode of the Go-To-Market Mastery Podcast. In this episode, we are talking about how to set up a CRM correctly with our guest, the CEO and founder of Surf, David Chevalier. Enjoy the episode. If you can't learn how to close, you better start thinking about another career. And I am deadly serious about that. The reason for the call today, John, is something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. If you have 60 seconds, I'd like to share the idea with you. Hello, David. Salut, Alex, aus pa uh, from Paris. Uh, sorry, always switching back and forth between German, French, and English. Uh, <laughs> so sometimes it's it's a hassle to, to quickly switch, but pleasure to be in your podcast. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really cool. Um, we had already one pre-podcast call, which was really great in my opinion. And uh, yeah, really cool that you take the time one hour out of your schedule, out of a busy founder schedule. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, busy founder schedule, I would say, let's start by maybe you introducing yourself and uh, telling the people a bit more yeah about what you do at Surf. Yeah, um, yeah. busy founder schedule. I just uh, <laughs> was five minutes late because this also belongs to the, to the life of a founder as I was just organizing the birthday present for, for one of our team uh, mates. And um, yeah, but basically, who am I? I'm David, uh, coming from Northern Germany. So I'm originally German, besides the name, which sounds very French. I mean, uh, we started Surf three years ago here in Paris. So the company is also French and... Uh, that most of the people are French working at Surf because I think we have now 60 nationalities. But what we actually do is we um, connect your LinkedIn with your CRM. Uh, so everything around data accuracy. Um, so finding the right data, getting it to the right fields into your CRM, enriching it, um, and also updating it. So it's mostly used by SDRs. So it's a sales productivity tool. And um, yeah, we are now 35 people. Um, and yeah, we bootstrapped the first two years and happy to, to, to have that podcast today with you. Cool. Yeah. Maybe, um, surf great product. Uh, you already told me about it. Find it really cool. Also, uh, took a look about it. Uh, you have amazing customers also as well, like Google, for example. Um, so could you maybe lead us or like give us a, a short introduction of why have you founded surf? Mm -hmm. So the why, um, actually was not the plan. So um, I started the company with my uh, colleague from, from studies, um, Romain Genius 2, who's French. We both met at um, the program of AGC and, and Polytechnique in, in Paris, which is an um, entrepreneurship program. But I love that program because you have both components. You have the, the engineers in the program and the business guys in the program. So this by itself gives you a good basis to, to start a company because you have these both components. Um, so the goal of this program was to start a company um, and we had other projects. I think at the beginning, it's always like, hey, we want to build this $1 billion company. So I, <laughs> I remember I was working on a project to solve uh, e-commerce returns, which is a big, big pain, especially in Germany. You know, we pay by invoice. Uh, so Zalando has like 50, 60% return rates. Um, but the team back then was not the right Constellation, I would say. Um, I had a side hustle, which was back then Leadjet. We rebranded we re um, 
then two years after to, to surf. But um, it was not planned because um, in the program itself, we needed to do a customer discovery, interview 100 people um, in the US because we did an exchange in, in Berkeley. And we went on LinkedIn at a time where COVID just started. So we couldn't do in-person um, interviews. And uh, that's why we chatted a lot on LinkedIn. And we needed to uh, put all these interactions into CRM back then HubSpot. And uh, my co-founder tried, um, or at least I mean, on my side, I was just seeing the end of the tunnel and was like, okay, I do that 100 times, copy and pasting the contact data, copy and pasting the messaging we had on LinkedIn. And my co-founder was like, engineer, okay, I do that for two two times, but then um, I won't do that for the, for the rest of the contact. So I tried to program a shortcut. And uh, this shortcut was basically day one of Surf. Um, and uh, we gave the shortcut away to, to our other like colleagues in the program. Um, we then launched it on Product Hunt because we said, okay, maybe here's something uh, because salespeople work in the CRM. And then from Product Hunt launch, it went quite quick. In a bit more than a year, we had then uh, 1 million AR without marketing, without sales. So it was very not planned. Um, it was just solving our own problem uh, back then. Yeah, amazing. Um, also, the topic yeah, today is uh, CRM, how to set up mm. and maintain a CRM correctly. Because from my experience working with a lot of startups, I see that this is, first of all, a, a big question when starting out. Like, you know, how do I set this up? How do, what to choose? Which CRM do you use? And how do I maintain it yeah, correctly? Yeah. So. What maybe to start, since you're, I would say, uh, I would consider you an industry expert. Mm -hmm. um, what are the most common mistakes you see of people setting up and maintaining their CRM? I think, um, first of all, what is important, the CRM at the end is, you know, we started with the idea of a CRM in the 80s when we had uh, just cards. I remember these cards from my, from my parents because... Uh, we have a family company and I saw all the customer data written down on cards in a register, you know, which you then mm -hmm. can flip. And then we went something like Excel. So it was maybe the second wave of, of CRM. And the third wave of CRM was then the idea that Salesforce made big. Um, it was not Salesforce idea, but they made it big um, 25 years, 20 years ago. And now we had another stage of CRM. So I would say... Our generations, we want to have a fast and easy access to our CRM, right? Because nowadays happen, sales happens everywhere. It happens on LinkedIn, it happens in your chat, it happens on Google Meet. So we want to have access to the CRM quite, quite, quite fast and easy updates. So I think CRM or how we use CRM changed, especially for, for our generation. We had a generation of Airtable from Notion. So we want to have a similar experience nowadays. Um, but the existing CRMs, they are pretty rigid. Um, customization costs a lot of money and time and effort. Um, so it's not that easy. So then you need to ask your, your, yourself the question, how customizable do you want to have that CRM? So if you're a real estate business or whatever, definitely you need to have a lot of customization. Or how kind of um, efficient and easy and proactive you want to be have, have your CRM. So I see a lot of small companies who start a Notion first. Because Notion gives you everything you need. Um, you can create out of a Notion a very basic CRM with the basic needs. Um, then when it goes to 
deal forecasting. Um, of course, Notion has its limits because, again, Notion is also just a register. So um, I would say young companies use Notion. It gives you everything what you need at the beginning. Once you go into a kind of more deal processing and deal staging, um, where you do a lot of outbound, send a lot of emails, for instance, so you have a big, big directory of, of contact data, then switch to a CRM like Pipedrive or HubSpot. Um, I would say, for me, the best bet is at the moment HubSpot because HubSpot comes with a lot of integrations. The app marketplace is huge. So we are also listed on the app marketplace. And um, most of the companies who use HubSpot have five to six different integrations coming with HubSpot. So for instance, um, if you don't want to use um, a sales hub on HubSpot, then you can use a marketing hub and plug other services like a Calendly uh, into it. So HubSpot is itself very customizable, which I like. Um, Pipedrive, if your organization up to 50 people, it's, it's everything what you, what you need. Has every basic uh, CRM functionalities you need. Um, we started also on Pipedrive, still use Pipedrive. Um, it has a good overview of, of deals, forecasting, different cards. We plugged it to our um, kind of data warehouse. So I would say once you get to organization of 50 people plus, it has its limits because you just need more integrations. Then you move to HubSpot. And if you are a big business, you know, the, the number one marketing sentence of Salesforce was uh, no one gets fired <laughs> because of implementing Salesforce, uh, which is <laughs> which is kind of true. It's a safe bet. It's a safe bet. So uh, Salesforce can offer you everything when you want to scale to an enterprise size. So implementing yeah. it early can make sense. But if you're really small, it, it's also very, as I said, rigid and complex. For customization, you need to invest a lot of money there's a lot of companies who just do customization on Salesforce as their business. So um, when you buy five licenses, you often need to pay 15K uh, just for customizing your, your CRM. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. a, that's a heavy invest. But as I said, when you say, okay, I want to grow this company organization to a big uh, extent, then go for Salesforce. What we see for a lot of scale-ups is actually a mixed motion. Um, a lot of scale-ups have in their marketing department HubSpot and then they have for their sales department Salesforce because on Salesforce you can um, create such sophisticated, such a sophisticated data, data warehouse, um, especially when you have a, a huge outbound machine where you have a lot of automations. Um, Salesforce is, is playing well with that. HubSpot, yeah. as they come from the marketing side, they sometimes um, have a few problems. And that's why we see, for instance, Pigment is a company which is recently in France scaling crazy. And um, they have also this setup HubSpot as marketing and Salesforce as sales. Um, you need to have a big budget to do that uh, because these won't be the, the two CRMs or won't be your only tech stack. Often these companies have then a tech stack of 10 to, to 15 tools still because, um, you know, we are in an environment where we also decrease our tools. But um, yeah, it was a long answer to a short question. Um, but as I said, it's not that easy uh, to, to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a great answer because you uh, introduced introduced like kind of the next topic, which is CRM selection, uh, and you mm -hmm. already gave a short answer. Previously, I had a few guests on the podcast, and they said um, 
few early stage startups, they have like GitHub or Notion or Exodus mm-hmm. this year. Right? And they absolutely disagree with using this, even in an early stage. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say, because you said Notion is a great selection, mm-hmm. what would you say till which size can you use Notion in your opinion? And why not directly go to HubSpot, for example? Yeah. So often you see people switching to a CRM when you have more than five users. Uh, that's what you typically say. So you can, five users, I mean, users of a CRM, so not five people in a company. Um, if you're up to five, I think you can use Notion. Um, some companies, like especially in finance, still use Excel. Would I recommend it? No, because if you have the kind of um, aim to, to go bigger, if you are kind of a startup, scale up, um, then implement Pipedrive or HubSpot from day one. Um, but I see still a lot of companies who use Notion even up to 10 users. But normally what we see, once you hit five, you switch to a CRM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, so let's say, uh, for, so for maybe like my opinion on this is I will absolutely mm-hmm. agree with you. Um, like I think first I was like really contrary on on, on like HubSpot because I thought, okay, then you pay a lot of money for an integration later. But in my opinion, that's absolutely okay because when you do that integration, it's like 15K. And what is 15K when you're like a company of 100, 200 people? Yeah. It's nothing, you know? Yeah. Of course, you have like some data disruption, but I think, um, and especially in the early stage, it's very, very important that you have something that you could start with right away and you have something that's easy to use and cheap. Yeah. Um, and you know, at first you don't know if you are going to be that big unicorn and if you're going to be that big unicorn, you can always yeah. switch to, to Salesforce later. But and what do you, clean, would, yeah, clean, clean data and, and reporting is so important. Um, I see companies because yeah, all of our customers uh, obviously use one of the, the three big CRMs, I would say, HubSpot, um, Salesforce and Pipedrive. Sure, we have Microsoft Dynamics, but I would say in our IT internet service environment, these are the three names you, you often see. And mm-hmm. um, the ones who didn't take care of a clean data, clean CRM at the beginning have problems to change that now because you have so much mess into your CRM. Cleaning that mess is such a big, big pain. That's why yeah. I would say really implement the right tools into your CRM from day one. So um, it gives you predictability, for instance, on your sales. What's your close rate on average? What's your, um, in marketing, uh, you can implement a scoring model where you see, okay, uh, it starts with a website visit. Um, they kind of consumed one of our newsletters. So we, we try to formalize the, the MQL to SQL process at the moment. So we may be also quite late here. But um, I think this is so valuable when you do it from day one because it will yeah. save you a lot of time and also um, complexity. But we see a lot of companies switching from Pipedrive to HubSpot or from HubSpot to Salesforce. This is a long, long process um, and it's not easy. So I would say go from day one probably to HubSpot because it's the one that gets you to the you can use mm. to the to a kind of quite big extent uh, because yep. HubSpot is gaining market share from Salesforce now. And you can have marketing and sales combined in one because, mark is, because uh, HubSpot is very strong in marketing. 
Um, mm. And it's okay for sales. They also have now an update on the sell sub, so it gets better and better over time. Quick, fast developing. I think they have still a rate of uh, increase in revenue. They started two years ago with 800 million. Um, now they had the next year 50% in revenue increase, which was like um, 1.2 billion. Now they had 1.8 billion and one year later. So they're crazy, crazy developing. Man. That's why Crazy. it would be my, even for uh, like such a, for such a big a company. Size. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Where, where, do, where did they find this market? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely, I, I agree. I agree. And I saw companies um, that are that, that, that are going to IPO with still using HubSpot. So I think yeah. uh, going with HubSpot is absolutely the right decision. Now, you mentioned it, um, choosing the right tools. Surf is obviously uh, your company mm -hmm. and it would be one of them. So yeah. what did you say? Why do I need Surf additionally to my CRM? Yeah, as I said, how we started the company, it was on our own problem. I never used a CRM before. So I was coming from banking environment in a bank. We don't really use a CRM. We often still have your, your data either straight in LinkedIn because it's a one-to-one -one business relationship when you're in M&A or you have it in your contact calendar or in your Excel or you have your own uh, system for it. But you don't use like a CRM, so at least not HubSpot. Uh, so what tools to get? I think for us, Surf is really essential because what I didn't understand is why is that not already included in my CRM? We speak to now nowadays all about AI and how AI can help us leverage things, make us faster. But in the CRM, we still do manual data entry. And this is what I don't get. Come on, why do I need to put all the contacts when I found a contact, it starts always on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the biggest B2B database. So why is there not a sufficient integration where I just can add this contact into my CRM without typing all the 20 fields, first name, last name, email if I have. Um, so that's why I think it's essential to start with a CRM. And that's why we get off such a fast growth in one year because the CRMs like HubSpot and Salesforce were actually selling us when they sold the CRM. They were saying, hey, you need surf to start because you have a cleaner CRM from day one. Um, you get more contacts and therefore more opportunities into your CRM, which leads to hopefully more MRR. Um, mm. So that's why I think for us, it was our own problem. Why is it not here? So for us, this is really essential. Um, and yeah, then other tools um, I can recommend. So what we use also is uh, Clearbit. For instance, when we have website visits and then uh, we kind of track this website visit, who's it coming from, the lead, then we enrich that lead. Um, Sales Navigator, obviously, to build our uh, prospect list and then um, using Surf again to add this prospect list in one click to the CRM. Uh, what else? You can also put Hotjar, like some org charts. Um, org chart hub, for instance, is one tool uh, which works great with HubSpot. Uh, you can plug yeah. that into... Um, we segment our own kind of database. Uh, we plug into um, Tableau. We plug into Looker. Um, yeah. So these are the big heavy lifts. Uh, then you have for, well, I don't know, for instance, um, you have these these uh, gongs and uh, mojos. You can also plug that into it. But yeah, that's the, the main tools uh, we use. Of course, then uh, we use um, Outreach. Uh, so like for sequencing, Outreach, SalesLoft, or Lemlist. Uh, really depends which CRM you use. Um, if you don't use HubSpot's own uh, sequencing tool, 
um, yeah, I think that's the basis. I'm I'm not a fan of HubSpot sequencing tool. Absolutely, yeah, I hate we, it because we, it's a marketing tool. You know, it's a, it is it is. Um, so that's why we also yeah. like to to use outreach for the moment. Of course, we are we are partnering a lot with, with HubSpot, and they say, hey, use also our tool. But most of the sales organizations run either on SalesLoft or Outreach. Yeah, I think like the conversion rates are like way lower on this tool um, yeah. with, with HubSpot as well. Um, and they're great for like, I think if you have an e-commerce store, but not for B2B sales. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of this. Um, but like what I would like to understand is in, in your world, yeah? Because mm -hmm. you mentioned clean data. And a big mistake I did when I set up like the first CRM at my company was like literally everyone went into my CRM. So as soon as I got a contact data, CRM, yeah. And then what I had was like a CRM with like 30,000 contacts and literally like no sense. Yeah. So why is this person in the CRM? So would you say, or so, or, or when would you say is a person at entering a CRM? Yeah. I also saw another example, by the way, uh, two HubSpot accounts, one for all that shit, sorry, name it like this, but when you do a lot of heavy outbound emailing, you put everyone into that sh shit CRM, like this is just a mess, 35,000 contacts, uh, you just have a handful as, as customer of this. So they used uh, the, the first HubSpot instance to get into all the mess, and then after they cleaned it, um, or they accepted one of their different steps of, of kind of, I don't know, like the first uh, marketing qualified lead, let's say. And then they put it into the clean CRM, to the second HubSpot instance. So this is what you can do because um, I completely um, align with you. I wouldn't put all my outbound contacts I email uh, into my CRM because that would be such a, such a mess. So once they accepted uh, for us uh, for, for us a demo, so once they clicked in that email to, uh, to accept and having a demo call, then they are in our CRM. So then for us, okay, from demo to trial, um, we have a 30% a, a conversion, a 50% conversion rate. Um, so this is for us a, a very, very important contact. Then um, we put um, sometimes targeted accounts, big accounts into the CRM. Um, and now we are starting to go a bit earlier into the process, which means um, when they have visited our website, when they have interacted uh, with content of ours, when they downloaded something, a newsletter, um, then we put them as marketing contacts um, or content contacts, actually, um, until so we marketing have, qualified leads. Exactly, exactly. Until yeah. we have we have different stages there. Um, so what we're setting up is a scoring model. Um, at the moment, because only why someone is in your newsletter doesn't mean that he's now a sales qualified lead. Yeah, obviously. Um, so, yeah, but we have also our newsletter receivers done in HubSpot, um, and then uh, yeah, we have different steps for further qualification until it gets to to a sales qualified lead. For instance, an SDR does another qualification by reaching out to them, calling them, see if there's budget, um, see if there's interest. Um, and then uh, once it's qualified for sales, we, we push it to the sales team. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So other than maybe like having this like clear structure on when somebody or when a lead is really like worth putting into the CRM, how do you really maintain the data cleanness? Do you have mm -hmm. like weekly check-ins of CRM cleanness um, or do you have a head of sales that is doing that? 
and um, how are you approaching this to really like maintain a clean CRM? Mm-hmm. And also, how do you get like sales reps um, or sellers to put data or put yeah. stuff into the CRM? Because this is also a thing um, that a lot of sales leaders are, are fighting with often. Yeah. So, for instance, when we do a sequencing, so outbound uh, was outreach, then we uh, check for exclusions, exclusion lists. So we always uh, check for each of these campaigns with our current database. Um, if we've already reached out to them, if they're a customer or whatever, then we exclude, to, exclude them and put them into a sequence. So this is what we do every week uh, because otherwise we have duplicates or we have double contacting or whatever. This is important. Um, then we are mostly self-service. So we're mostly product-led, meaning we don't have a big sales team yet. We have two account okay. executives and one SDR. Um, they use um, Surf for, for adding the contacts um, into the CRM. Um, then Surf, our tool takes care of the updates. So when someone switches the job, uh, we know that and we automatically update the instance in, in our pipe drive at the moment. Um, this is what we do. Then um, for, for, for big lists, so let's say we have a first an Excel with a, a targeted account list. Uh, we need to enrich these lists. Um, therefore, we use actually also Surf, where we have our waterfall effect. You can further enrich it then with Clearbit and then push it first into outreach. So that's where all the mess goes into. And then once someone replied on that outreach campaign, then it gets to a CRM. So and from there yeah, on... makes sense. Sur- and from there on, Surf takes over. Our reps then work in Pipedrive. When they have a call, a demo, um, they, they update it. Um, we have Mojo also, uh, which puts some stuff of then the demo calls into the CRM as updates. Um, then we have every week with the reps uh, pipeline review. So where we look at the pipe um, and uh, we say after a certain uh, weeks, um, the, the deal is lost. Um, if there has been no activity and then we kind of uh, put them as, as uh, closed, lost. Um, otherwise, we push them every week to the next stage. Um, yeah, so that's the, the things we currently have in place. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, amazing. Um, another and, big and, thing, of and, course. Yeah. And we also put in uh, product usage data. Um, mm-hmm. So we, put, we have different aha moments we track in the product. And then we put these aha moments um, into our CRM. So we see, okay, product usage has been high. He's a, um, the user has been activated during the trial. It's because that helps um, on a smaller scale also the CSM teams because also CSM teams reach out to small customers. So they use that as well. And um, then also, as we have access to the CRM, we know how many, how many users you have in the CRM and how many uh, people are currently trialing. And then we have the delta, and this delta is pretty important because maybe two people are trialing, but we have 60 um, users in the CRM. That means for us, there's a high potential to upsell. And this data then for, for upsells, we put also in the CRM, again, for the, for the CSM team. Yeah. yeah, makes sense, makes absolutely sense. Um, and another big thing, of course, is reporting and analytics, because in my opinion, this is a, or of course, not in my opinion, but this is mm. the like. This is why we have a CRM um, yeah. is to like get reports and analytics and data out of it. Um, 
So in general, how do you really like get the most out of your CRM? How do you get the right reports and analytics out of your CRM? And what are your best practices out of doing so? Yeah, so uh, we are not that, that strong here yet because as I said, two account executives, one SDR, who's just joining now. Um, so, so we don't have that big of a sales team to, to analyze. What we do is kind of the touch points we analyze so that every uh, sales needs to have a required amount of touch points. Um, and once this is hit, then we have a good certainty that we have a book meeting out of it. So we track, for instance, the number of cold calls has been done per week. We track um, the number of, of emails sent and reply rates of, of each of the campaigns. Um, then we also track LinkedIn activity with the prospects, which we put into our CRM um, here, for instance, thanks to Surf. Now this sounds really like, I don't know, I'm advertising for Surf. But uh, we, we analyze the replies we have on LinkedIn. Uh, thanks to our tool, we see what messages works the best way. And this we put then also in the CRM. So everything around outbound and, and touch points. Um, then once we hit um, a book meeting and we have a demo call, we look at the conversion rate uh, for, for the different sales reps individually for, for the demos. And then we track also the sales cycle. Um, how long is the sales cycle per, um, per size of customer? Um, to get better and to shorter sales cycles. Um, yeah, and that's the, the biggest things. We put also our, our calls, demos, uh, at least with a link to, to Mojo into the CRM. So you always can then click on the link and then you see the, the, the demo call for, for trainings, for the reps, etc. cetera. Um, this we put in. And yeah, and then the CRM, you can pretty, pretty much um, define when you have different revenue streams, what's the self-service attribution, just all the small customers um, in terms of revenue. When you have bigger customers, what's the low-touch attribution, what's the high-touch attribution. Um, this you can put in and then um, we forecast also. Uh, we look at the pipeline. Do we have enough pipe? We always need minimum four times uh, of our quota in terms of pipe. Um, that's, that's the usual standard, um, what, you, what you have. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing reporting. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like, how do you approach like long-term folk forecasting? So for example, what we do mm -hmm. is we really like put all the data then in a spreadsheet that we have in a CRM, like average deal cycles and, uh, all the conversion rates. And then we forecast, for example, like 2024 in like December, and then we calculate, okay, how do, how many outbound activities and stuff do we need? Mm -hmm. And how yeah. do you approach this? Um, and how detailed do you go in this? And, uh, do you have any best practices for, for, yeah. for forecasting? Forecasting, we don't really do that much in the CRM because I have the feeling most CRMs are still behind. Um, Salesforce, of course, has a good, better forecasting with the right integration. Um, you have own tools for that. Um, for just the, the, sh the sheer purpose of, of forecasting. And still none of the tools really, in my, in my uh, opinion, got it still right. It's still a huge problem. Uh, ask sales leaders. Forecasting is, a, is for most of the sales leaders one of the, the big question of marks or problems they have. We do it with our CFO in Excel, to be honest, um, where we have different scenarios, run different scenarios because we found out for ourselves Excel is the, is the best in terms of uh, the formula we can use, the uh, different um, sub-scenarios 
we felt limited in, in the CRM to do that forecasting. But we plug, of course, CRM data into that Excel. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely interesting. Um, and maybe also what's a big topic, and you mentioned it before, is integrations. Yeah. Um, so what did you say are integrations that are absolutely a must for every business? Mm -hmm. And um, what what are challenges and mistakes you see um, when like or did you see at companies like who have CRM integrations? Mm -hmm. So by the way, for the forecasting, a great tool I can recommend is Pigment. Um, pigment uh, GoPigment.com. Um, they recently raised also Series B, big, big kind of uh, um, traction at the moment. So I think I would check this out as a, as a standalone tool. Yeah. And then the must-haves for me are a sequencing tool, obviously, um, because we do outbound. Uh, every company do out outbound. So have uh, often Pipedrive and Lamlist works together, um, or I think Outplay is there as well. Uh, for HubSpot, what you see most in the case is um, Salesloft or Outreach, or as I said, when you want to be strict to the budget, you can use HubSpot in-house. Um, and then Salesforce, most of them run on Salesloft and Outreach. So Salesloft and Outreach is basically you, 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 you can't go around these two. Um, for sequencing, then uh, a must tool is, of course, an enrichment tool because we need to find the email addresses and phone numbers. So um, here you either can go for a single purchase of Apollo, Lucia, Casper, uh, Zoom Info and the likes. Or what we saw, big market go-to-market teams, they um, need to have localized providers for having the best find rates for email and phone numbers. So that's why at Surf we introduced the so-called waterfall effect, meaning um, we did partnerships with Apollo, Drop Content, Hunter, uh, Rocket Reach, and the likes to put them all into one cascading machine. So when you search for your contact in North America, in APEC, JPEG, EMEA, uh, we use the best of breed of these tools. Um, so they come all in standard with us, and you have uh, substantially um, higher, higher, higher find rates. Um, so this enrichment then take clear bit. For me, it's proven the best in the market for further enrichment of, of, of your data and your CRM. Um, also for, for tracking website visits and all that. Um, what else do you need? So we talked about when we do outbound emailing. Ah, oh, yeah, you need a cloud provider, of course. Cloud, yeah. cloud provider. So either go for just call or air call. I would recommend Aircall. I like Aircall as well, yeah. I like it's it. it's I like pretty good. Um, so yeah, then you have the enrichment of the phone numbers, you have the cloud call provider. When you go for email, you have sales of the outreach, um, plus the enrichment for the emails again. Um, and then when you have a LinkedIn tool, when you want to do LinkedIn sequencing, you can also go for a tool like Galaxy, La Gross Machine, or others. But there's limitations nowadays of LinkedIn, uh, of, of I think 100 contact invites per week. Um, so these tools are, are harder to use. Plus, we at Surf don't believe in LinkedIn automation because it's um, yeah. Sure, the first either. message first message can hit, but the problem is that you also get yeah. uh, banned um, in your account usage on LinkedIn um, because LinkedIn uh, detects automations. 
That's why we don't do automations. Um, we just do on the paid product of Sales Navigator. So we in incentivize kind of to, to sell Sales Navigator as well. And then you can add a list into your CRM. Um, so yeah, that's why I would go for your LinkedIn activity for, for Surf or there also others um, who can do that. Uh, Lead IQ, for instance. Um, yeah, and then you have your outbound stack. And then, of course, depends on what you need for your marketing capabilities. Um, I think HubSpot itself comes with a variety of, of, of marketing integrated, already integrated um, tools. So you, you don't need to have a lot for that, but you want to have maybe A-B testing. You want to have in your for your scoring model for the marketing qualified leads. You have probably something you send emails with, send in blue, you now called Brevo. Um, or you have customer.io, which we use, for instance, which we plugged into the CRM. Um, yeah. So and then financing, uh, forecasting, as I said, go with pigment. I think that's a great tool. Um, yeah, I could, I could, uh, talk an hour about tools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, tools is also a big questions that founders always have. Um, yeah. but I think it's not, it's not the most important thing. It's rather like how you really approach outbound. And I think in your yeah. case, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense to like at your size and like probably also deal size, RHD size. Um, it probably also doesn't make a lot of sense. Like you have a big sales team up front, but I think yeah. in general, the most important thing is like to get and gather customer data and leverage it and iterate and build yeah. those loops and really like do something, really do the outbound, especially as a founder at first, block yourself time, do outbound yourself. Yeah. Don't like hire yourself like a founder's associate. No, you're the founder. You need to be close at your product, especially in early stage. And I think this is a mistake that a lot of founders are making. Yeah, exactly. And I'm happy yeah. also to give um, a set of tools uh, kind of in the in the description of, of the podcast. Um, Absolutely. What we see with our, with our customers. Um, yeah, you can have a lot. I mean, what we didn't talk about is Loom, what we also recently got sold. A lot of companies use that. Um, mm. ClickUp, Livestorm for webinars, for instance. Uh, you can have Crunchbase for further data enrichment. Um, yeah. you can have these likes like Zap here, for instance, um, as well to, to plug some customized, custom things. Um, yeah, as I said, I'm happy mm -hmm. to give these tools what we see yeah. for, for a, a scale up organization. It's, it's, it's in the description. So just check it out. Um, yeah. we will just add the list there. Now, last question, David, um, mm -hmm. what is, what does the future hold for surf and also mm -hmm. for you? So we started all around data accuracy, right? So finding right data, enriching it further, syncing it to your right outbound stack, whether it's the CRM or sales of the outreach. Um, and we have this unique positioning between uh, the CRM and LinkedIn. So these are the most uh, important two databases for you. Um, we now further leverage that position by going more into sales intelligence and analysis. What does that mean? We analyze your existing CRM data so who are your biggest customers who have the, the highest retention and why so? So for instance, let's say you have the, the VP of um, Porsche as, as one of your customers, VP of sales at Porsche. Um, we then try to find lookalikes on LinkedIn. So the VP of uh, sales in, in Volkswagen, for instance. And we try to find a connection between them because what we want to do is we want to 
help you close these similar ICPs, ideal customer profiles, um, because they showcase in your existing CRM the strongest customers with the highest retention. So you want to grow from that kind of customer size. And um, if this VP of sales has a connection with the other VP of sales, we ask for a warm intro. And then we help you write this warm intro thanks to AI. Um, why are we doing this? Because um, we saw for us uh, as sales, uh, warm intros is the, the best working. Um, it has the closest uh, cycle to close. It's the strongest um, customers uh, we have. And a lot of other startups asked us, hey, you're such a young company. How come you have Google, AWS, SoftBank, and, and the likes as, 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 as uh, customers? And I said, it's based on warm intros. Um, and that's what we also want to give to our users. And I think it's the best story you can tell uh, because it's our own story. And um, when you look at Lemlist, uh, these guys were great at writing emails. Lavender, same. So um, we were great or are great uh, in, in, in closing big clients uh, thanks to, to your existing network where you tap in and warm intros. So that's what we are giving now to our customers and what comes next. Um, and it makes sense because we're leveraging, again, this position between these two big uh, databases, LinkedIn and the CRM. Um, for me personal, as a founder, so yeah, three years in the company now. Um, for me, it starts from being an individual contributor, what I was at the, at the beginning a lot, um, to now be more representative, uh, meaning first time I was uh, attending this year conferences. I think I had five conferences in six weeks. So I was in Boston, I was in Dublin at the Sastock, I was in Munich at the Bits and Bretzels. And um, so it's representing the company, of course, doing sales, getting these big clients also from these conferences and getting our name known out there. And then, um, of course, hiring is a big, big part um, as me as a founder and funding um, as well. So I would say sales, funding and hiring, um, which is currently the most, most important. And uh, we're hiring a head of marketing as well now. So Roma and I were both kind of at the moment sharing this marketing department, but hopefully soon we found a profile who can own that uh, department. And um, yeah, so that's the, the next goals. Going to the US is also for us something um, we, look, we look forward to because we're a French company, but 35% of our customer base is in the US. Uh, we never targeted the US. But um, due to the fact that Salesforce, HubSpot, and Copper are all from the US, and we are quite high in their marketplace listings, we have a we have a high share of US customers. So we want to tap into that market to find out what's what's in for us by targeting it. Um, but that would probably require next funding because financing US high salaries, um, having a small entity there is very expensive. So it needs to be well thought through if you want to go to the US. But that's what of one of our uh, next milestones uh, we wanna we wanna hit and go for. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for being my guest, David. Thanks a lot, Alex. Uh, many greetings to to Germany, and uh, yeah, should you be around Paris, um, happy happy to host you. I think there's also quite an interesting debate I had recently about the differences between the Paris French ecosystem and the and the German, mostly Berlin and Munich ecosystem. Um, from both great, great companies arise. Uh, I think Germany was mostly on in the past on, on e-commerce and platform business. Now we have more deep tech stuff and we have great examples also with Zilones and Personio 
on 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 software and uh, yeah. SaaS. SaaS, there's uh, in, in, in Paris, there's a lot of B2B SaaS um, and a strong bridge to the US, which I found interesting as a German who came to Paris. Um, so yeah, but it was fun to be here. Thanks a lot. Cool. Thank you so much and see you in Paris. See you in Paris, Alex. Bye-bye. <laughs>